Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the hashtag adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Welcome to Growing Up Sucks, where we talk about real issues affecting today's young adults. If you have a Growing Up Sucks story to share, or you want to talk about a problem today's young adults have, get in touch. Today, Steve and I talk about gambling. It's a much bigger deal today than when I was young. There's many more opportunities to play and many more people are getting in trouble. So we talk about the problem. I talk about maybe some solutions and things that young people can do about this. And then in the end, I talk about taking that money and investing it and building real wealth. Hey, welcome, Steve. Steve, thanks for coming today. Uh, tell you what, let's start by having you tell me a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Stephen Langdon Jr. I'm 22 years old from Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. It's a little bit, it's a little bit below Scranton, Pennsylvania, as many people know. And I'm excited to be a part of the podcast today. All right, thanks, Steve. Well, you you called ahead and you said that you want to talk about gambling. So get me into it. What's the situation? So gambling has been. I've participated in a little bit of gambling myself for the last couple months. I've seen a lot of people affect it over the course of the last couple of years. Um, I see a lot of the symptoms and stuff like that, which we'll get into later. One of the big stories that kind of introduced me to gambling actually came in high school. And what would occur is that a lot of the students in my grade would go into the bathrooms throughout the school and they would play dice. And although it's a like kind of funny story, they would lock all the bathrooms because gambling became such a big school-wide problem. And it wasn't, it didn't just, it started in my grade and then it pro progressed into all the other grades. And then sooner than later, it was like a school-wide, just big problem. You know, the teachers were cracking down. They had to position the teachers near the bathrooms all the time, counting how many people came in, came out. It was just, is a whole big issue that happened uh, my senior year of high school, actually. So that that is a uh, that, that's a story I didn't I didn't have that when I was growing up. I tell you that, you know, maybe somebody did it, but it wasn't a school wide, and it wasn't anybody cracking down like that on. It. So it got really bad. So that's that's definitely a grown up sucks moment there because it sounds like fun and you think you're enjoying it. But uh, people can get in trouble with this. People can lose a lot of money pretty fast and they can lose a lot of money over time, right? I knew students that were losing upwards of like 20 to $30 a day just on gambling throughout school. And it's just incredible. I mean, luckily I was able to just gain a couple of dollars. I, like I was fine just gaining one or $2. Yeah, you know, I participated a little bit yeah. and not so much the good thing. I'm not encouraging gambling by any means whatsoever. No. You definitely shouldn't. But yeah, I, no, so, saw, I saw people, they were losing you know, five, $6 just on one bet. It was just astronomically incredible. So it's worse in college, isn't it? I mean, there's a those people losing a lot more money in college. I know my two boys have just graduated college, and they have friends betting hundreds of dollars on games and things. So is is uh is anybody sports betting in your circle? Do you know anybody doing that? Uh, I have a friend that actually got me into sports gambling over the summer. He introduced me to FanDuel, and then that's where I got introduced to Foxbet. Uh, 
it's just been it's been a little bit of a ride the last couple months. I've like I've said, I participated a little bit in gambling. I know he's participated a little bit. They hook you because what happens is that you go, you sign up, and then they say, oh, well, if you ask a friend to register, then both of you get free money. So then it's like, it's a whole big slippery slope. And by the time you know it, you're like already in it and you're just, you're gambling. And it's just one of those things that happens. I have to tell you this right up front. If they were losing money, they'd be out of business. So they're, they're not losing the money. It's the people playing that in the end are losing the money. I mean, casinos make money. FanDuel makes money. All of these betting institutions, it's, it's, slided, it's weighted in their favor. All casino games are weighted in the favor of the house. All card games that you play at casinos are weighted in the favor of the house. They may lose for a little bit, but in the long run, it's weighted in their favor and they're going to win. And that, I think that's the same for sports betting. The way they draw the lines, the way they move the lines based on the betting, in the end, they're not going to lose. It's the people playing they're going to lose. So I, I've had my, my kids tell me that a lot of their friends bet. I looked up on something called collegegambling.org. 75% of late teens and college students have gambled in the past year. That's, it, it's insane. It's become almost like a problem now. It's yeah. becoming more of an issue as the years go on. And I yeah. know it's becoming even a bigger problem because of betting sites like Barstool. And Barstool's become a bit pretty big media outlet for a lot of college students and yeah. people that are my age. And now they have the sports gambling site and that's just taken off. Oh, Barstool does sports gambling now because they used just to be like a podcast, talk show, TV show kind of thing, but they do sports gambling too now. Yeah, and I know ESPN has its own show. I think it's like a half an hour a day on just on sports gambling. Yeah. And they gambling. also just added a podcast, I think it is on ESPN Plus. I forget if it's a podcast or a TV show, mm -hmm. but they have some sort of show on ESPN Plus that's just it's like an hour long every day. It's just dedicated to gambling. Well, see, so more of it is in the media than when I was growing up. And I, I did, again, look some things up because I just want to see how big the problem was. There's a site that tells me that there's 750,000 young adults ages 14 to 21 that have a problem gambling. They call it compulsive gambling. And that 3 to 5% of gamblers are going to be compulsive gamblers. That's from the National Council on Problem Gambling. And I, I, I'm worried about that. It wasn't around nearly as much and it wasn't as accessible, accessible. We didn't have cell phones that could allow you to gamble. You had to go to a horse track or to a casino. Sometimes those were illegal in most of the states, and now they're legal in many, many more. And I also worried about kind of the other issues that come up. I found out that if you gamble, you're 23 more times likely to have an alcohol problem. That's, that's not good. It's absolutely incredible. It seems as though sports gambling, they're finding out not only leads to know a gambling addiction but also addictions in other things and i think the reason why a lot of college students and a lot of younger people my in my generation do start to gamble at such a young age is because we're fascinated with money throughout all of our life we're told you know money 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 and yeah. at sometimes you know if we're able to gain a couple of extra dollars here and there yeah. then we're going to take that opportunity and that's what happens with a lot of people that are my age is that 
they see, oh, if I bet $5 on this, I can double or even triple my money yeah. in just a couple of hours. It looks like easy money, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing that they, they get you. And especially I see on a lot of the sports betting apps, they'll have like a boosted bet, which means that they'll take the regular bet and they'll say, oh, well, here, I'm going to give you better odds. So then we're going to force essentially uh, essentially trying to grab you to bet on that certain thing. So let's just say uh, something will be like a minus 100. So essentially that means that if I'm betting a dollar, I'm getting around 90 cents on that dollar. So mm. if I won, I get it like a dollar, a dollar 90. And they'll say, oh, well, we'll increase it to plus 200, which means, you know, I bet that dollar, I get $3 at the end of the day. You're almost enticing me to say, here, here's some money of mine so I can get even more later on. And you know what happens when you win, you get what we in psychology call a dopamine hit. Dopamine and norepinephrine are some of your pleasure molecules in your brain. And that wind feeling gives you that sensation. It's like eating ice cream or it's like taking a drug. It gives you that sensation momentarily. And that's, that's the problem because it becomes addictive over time. It becomes something that your system wants to have again and again and again, and you seek it out. And that happens at the unconscious level. You're not conscious to saying to yourself, well, that felt so good. I think I'll just become a problem gambler. <laughs> it's gradual. It happens over time. And your system starts to look forward to that rush that you get when you win. In fact, and when you lose, you want the quick fix because you feel so bad that you want the dopamine hit again. So you immediately bet again and you jump back in trying to get back to that sensation that happy feeling that comes from winning and knowing you got money. But I have to get into this with you, Steve. Growing up sucks. <laughs> Growing up partly means you gotta take care of yourself in the long run. And you can get these short-term hits of dopamine, but in the long run, this is not healthy for you. And you're responsible, just like everyone else out there, for your future, and maybe even someday, you're responsible for some other people. When you get married, you have kids, and that kind of thing. And so you have to take the long view of this. And that means, you know, you've got to ask yourself, honestly, am I having a problem here? Do I have a problem with gambling? Uh, I don't know if you've ever done this. Uh, and I'm not talking to you as if you're a problem gambler, Steve, because you didn't say that. But you have friends maybe that are. Just Google, am I a problem gambler? It's, it's that easy. Google it. You will almost always get this questionnaire to get about 20 questions on it. And you can go through it and it tells you how to score. And you can decide for yourself, you can do this quietly and privately, do I have any of these issues? For example, do you lie about your bets? Like, do you tell your friends, ah, I only bet five when you actually bet 50 and lost? Things like that. Do you wish you could quit, but you can't seem to quit? Do you wish you didn't bet? You wake up tomorrow morning and go, man, I don't want to bet today. I lost so much money yesterday. And then by the end of the day, you find yourself making another bet. These are just some of the hints that it's a problem. Now, everybody seeing this is in different states and there's actually a national hotline number. Just look it up. If you want some help, just look it up. Because the good news is, you know, it's very treatable. It's very treatable. But um, again, the National Council on Problem Gambling says about 5 million Americans have this, compulsive gambling, but only 8% seek treatment. That's just, it just shows. And I think the one thing is that a lot 
unlike something like alcohol or something like drugs is that when you're gambling so much and you see someone has an addiction, but you just don't want to go up to them and say, Hey, this is really unhealthy for you. You know, you can see the effects when you have alcohol, you can see the effects when you have drugs, but sometimes it's almost difficult to see if you have a gambling addiction just to the normal naked eye. Yeah, because it's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, that person could be losing their house for all, you know, Mm -hmm. but in your eyes, they keep on gambling. So it's like, they must just have the extra money to spend and to just not uh, sometimes just waste. That, yeah. That's why I, I say sometimes, even when you go to the casino, I'm like, I mean, I've gone to Las Vegas, my aunt's from Las Vegas. And I see mm-hmm. some of the stuff that's happened even there. I've been you know, Vegas. People betting hundreds of thousands oh. of dollars. It's just, big, big it's numbers. insane. And yeah, I think that's one of the things is that it's just very difficult to see the effects of gambling on someone to the naked eye. Well, let me let me talk about what you can do to help your friend. But first, let me talk to somebody out there who might suspect they've got some of these issues because we want to first help them, right? It, I want to say it's very treatable. It's just the fact that most people don't seek treatment. So only 8% do, right? When you find that you're having this issue and you want to try to handle it, you got to avoid the situations that trigger this kind of behavior from you. So you got to avoid people, places, and things that are going to trigger this betting behavior. And that may mean avoiding certain people at certain times. Like I tell my boys, hey, if you're going to, you're going to have a problem with this, don't go around your friends on game day because you know they're pulling out their phone and they're making $100 bets on you know, parlays and stuff. Also, be honest and accurate and record. And look at the money. Don't fool yourself into thinking, well, you made 300 last week and forget that you lost 400 the week before. Start recording it and you'll find out how much money you're probably losing in the long run. And by the way, did you ever hear something called the gambler's fallacy? I, I don't think I've, ha- I've heard of the term. It's, pretty, it's common in psychology, but I don't think a lot of people understand it. It's a very, very common psychological, I call it a little glitch in our system. So when people think that they've lost for a while, that they're due to win. Or they think that if, if, if they're at roulette and it, the red, it's landed on red five times in a row, well, then it's due to be black, right? There's this miscalculation of what it means for things to average out in the long run, and they think that somehow affects the next roll of the dice or the next game that is played or the next card that comes up. And in reality, they're independent. The chance that the ball is going to fall on a roulette table, red or black, is 50% every time. And yeah, they're going to be random runs or sometimes. But the very next time the ball is dropped, it's still just 50%. It doesn't depend on what happened before. And people in the gambler's fallacy start to convince themselves, well, I've been on a losing streak. I'm bound to have a winning streak, right? I'm bound to get that back. Or they think, well, I, you know, it happens in cards, it happens with lottery tickets, it happens with the roulette. And it's a glitch in our little software in our heads. It, honest, everybody feels it. I even feel it. I'm a con psychologist and I play cards occasionally. I'm like, I, I can feel myself feeling like, well, I'm due. I'm due, right? It doesn't work like that. So I want to warn everybody about that. And now the, the trick to this is once you know that it's happening, is to take control of it and go, oh, that's just that little glitch in my software. I'll just ignore that. It's almost like you have two pieces in your head, two parts in your head, and you're like, one part is telling me, oh, I'm due, and the other part's going, that's a glitch, ignore it. 
that doesn't really happen, it's still 50-50. So that's almost, that's almost, for example, I've heard in the past, and even my boss from work has told me, he said that when he was starting to you know do a little bit of sports gambling, one of the things that they told, but that they kept on coming up is that, oh, if a team is losing, bet money on them for them to win. If they don't win that week, double your money the next week. And then it's just, it's kind of like that. But That's I mean, I, someone like me, I would, I would never do that. You know, if, if I'm a New York Jets fan and they're 0-8 right now, if, I, if you told me, hey, bet on them to win this week and then bet double next week, I'd be like, okay, I'm losing money. Why would I do that? I'm not picking on Jets. I'm just saying that doesn't make sense, right? You don't know. Now, in sports betting, there's this fallacy that somehow there is a chance, a greater chance for one team to win to the another. It's not like roulette balls that fall 50-50 red and black. And that's true. But those odds are baked in. The professionals have already calculated that out. That's why the over-under ends up being so darn close. They really know, and you don't know more than they know. <laughs> but I'm not here to talk about sports betting. You know what I am? I want to talk about what to do with your money instead. You know, it's one thing to say, well, there's a problem here. Let's talk about the solution. So have you ever invested in the stock market, Steve? I have never invested in the stock market. I know in high school, I took a history class. He was huge in the stock market, kind of taught us a little bit about how it works and everything yeah. like that. It is, uh, it's a good investment in most cases. I know a lot of people have lost a lot of money, but especially, you know, over the last couple of months with the pandemic and everything. Oh, but, yeah, but I is... know, I know long-term, long-term, yeah. it's a very good idea. I've heard from many people and it's always been my age. Many people my age are even starting to invest in the stock market a lot just because of what they have seen in the past couple of years. Well, yeah, and the market's been on a big run for the last 10 or 11 years, but even in the long run, the historical average of the stock market is 7% returns. 7%. That's that's the average. So if if I put a dollar a day in the stock market after I graduated college, which was 1987, I'd have $70,000, more than $70,000, and I'd only put in 12,000. I would have, I would have five times my money just by putting a dollar a day. And I wanna be, I wanna, I wanna say this is the way to go because it's the long run that matters to you. It, in the long run, you wanna have a nest egg <laughs> that makes you feel psychologically comfortable. Like you're getting near retirement, like, yeah, I can retire if I really want to. And that's something that you don't think of at your age. But tell you what, if you've got spare money to gamble, why, why not gamble on the stock market, which will guarantee you in the long run a return on your money? If you buy lottery tickets, you have like a 42 to million to one chance to win. You put money in the stock market, you have a 99.9% .9 chance of getting more money back than you put in. And, and I know just for I know just for example, uh, because when I was going through this class and everything, I was really in I was really big into the idea of Tesla. I just I love the idea of what they were doing and everything like that. I think when I started the class and this was junior year of high school, I think it was at one hundred and forty nine dollars. Now, I think it's around three ninety to even over four hundred now. And yeah. that's, that's just incredible. That's only in a four year span that it's gone up or over a hundred percent. 
Yeah, but, but Steve, don't think of individual stocks. I'm not asking you to invest in individual stocks. I'm asking you to invest in an index fund on the S&P 500 because you can't stock pick as a 20-year-old. I can't stock pick as a 50-something-year-old. I don't think stock picking is the way to go because you could have invested in another company that looked like Tesla and did terrible and lost a bunch of money. We're not, we're not here today to talk about stock picking or really investing in general. We'll have another show about the mechanics of investing. We're just saying if you've got 20 bucks or 50 bucks or 150 bucks a week to spend on gambling, just pull up a compound interest calculator. Pull up any website that'll say, what will happen if you put that money, you just put it in a savings rate that pays 3%, you're gonna make money. But if you put it in the stock market and in an index fund, an index fund because then you, the costs aren't very high, you could have as much as $220,000. I did another calculation. What if, because the market has been good in the last 10 years, your decade, it's been 10% or more. The S&P has been 1,300%. I mean, 13% returns on average. You put a dollar a day in for 40 years, you get $220,000 out. So you're 20. That means at 60, you had $220,000 sitting there and you only put in a dollar a day. That's a, less than a cup of coffee. So... That's you know two hundred thousand dollars. You know you're looking at a you're looking at a decent house. You're you're a house. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, we can't talk in great detail about how to do financial investing today. I'm just saying that's an alternative that will give you a much better rate of return than gambling, lottery tickets, casinos, sports betting. It doesn't matter. It's always in favor of the house. Other people are going to win most of your money in the long run. And in this case, you get most of your money back plus more money. But let's, let's wrap up with something else. Let's go back to your friend. You know, I want to say a few things to what you can do if you have a friend. I, I want to be clear that you shouldn't get in a big argument with people. If you, you can do bring it up. Don't avoid it. Right? Have, a, have an honest conversation. My friend, I think you might have a, you know, some issue with gambling. You seem to do it a lot. You seem, you know, you win sometimes and lose a lot. But you seem to really like doing it to the point where I'm worried it's something that you, you're not in control of. If they get defensive, that's perfectly natural. And don't fight it. You're not, your point isn't to convince them of anything. It's just to show your concern. Because in the back of their mind, they're going to store that. And they're going to say one day, you know, a friend talked to me about this. And I got defensive. But, you know, I recognize, too, that I'm having some issues here. And that's confirmed by my friend, which makes it even more salient, right? So don't avoid it, but don't lecture or attack. That's not going to help. Um, tell them how it affects you instead. It maybe not affects you financially per se, but you say it, it affects how I relate to you because you're always so down when you lose or you go crazy when you win. And it doesn't seem like that's healthy and it, it affects how I feel around you. That's another thing that makes it salient for them is they're affecting other people. Now, they may be affecting other people by money. Don't lend them money. Right? Don't bail them out. I'm sorry. I know they're going to come to you and say it's desperate and it's terrible and maybe they're not making a car payment, but don't bail them out. Because the problem is if you do, then they get a sense of invincibility. Like, well, I can keep playing. And it's not even maybe rational because they know they borrowed the money, but they're like, but I'm going to get it back. And you don't want that a sense of invincibility to stick inside of them. You want them to know, no, this isn't going to get better. This, is, this could get a lot worse. So uh, one of the last things is just help them make contact. If they decide, yeah, I'd like somebody to talk to, like I said, just Google. 
anything. You'll find all kinds of resources on that. And I know just for myself, I know I got to the point that, you know, I wasn't gambling, you know, every single day, but I was gambling, you know, two, three times a week. And I looked at the, I was you know, looking at myself. I'm like, should I really be doing this? And I actually pulled my money from my one account. So like I have my one account, maybe gamble around once a week, usually now. Uh, but I, I definitely cut down on gambling. I went from gambling on both to one. I said to myself, Hey, I'm losing money right now. And although I'm still, you know, positive from where I was before, I don't feel comfortable with how much I'm losing right now. So I'm just going to, I'm going to stop right now. And you know, that's the thing that if you start seeing any of these signs happen, immediately stop. Don't right. even like, just don't even think about trying to gain money or, you know, trying to place a bet on something right. because it's just going to get worse. It's there's no if, ands, or buts, it's just going to get worse. If you keep telling yourself, I don't have a problem. I'm never going to get a problem because that's what leads into some of these things that you just mentioned. Yeah. yeah. As we said earlier, it's a gradual problem. It doesn't have any flag post, any signpost that says, all right, today's the day, one more bet. And now you cross the line. It doesn't happen that way. It's a very gradual thing. Maybe you don't bet for a little while, but then you come back to it and you start doing it heavier than you did before. And really, it's money. Why play around with money? Why give away your money? I, like I said, invest it. If you've got spare change, invest it. You can set up an investment account for change nowadays. And you will see it grow. Maybe not as fast as what you imagine a million dollars or $150 would feel like for a $10 investment. But this is why growing up sucks. <laughs> it, yes. It sucks because you got to take care of your own future self. Your future self will definitely thank you if you stop throwing your money away on gambling. And especially when you're in college and everything like that, you know, you want to oh. be an adult. You don't want to keep on asking your parents for money. I know <laughs> I started, you know, when I was in my teens, I said to my parents, hey, I got if I'm going to go to the movies, this is this is what I want to do. You don't need to pay for what stuff that I want to do. And so when you're in college, you're kind of just learning by yourself really yeah. and that's the biggest thing is that like you said growing up does suck and especially with money and everything like that if you don't have the the people around you to help you and teach you about all this stuff then it's it's going to be tough for you especially in college with money right and it's okay to forgive yourself for a mistake right we all we've all made a bad purchase you know Maybe we've all had a gambling problem or, or gambled and lost the money, but you got it's just you got to stop and go forward. Forgive yourself. I made that mistake. Going forward, I won't make that mistake again. That's the best that we can do. Hey, Steve, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. I know this is a hard topic for a lot of guys to talk about. Thanks for coming on. It is. It is. I know, like I've said in the past, I know, I know a lot of people that have gambled. I know how it can affect people, and it's it's becoming a big problem and it's an issue that needs to be talked about now. Yes, you can have all the shows and everything saying, you know, bet on this, bet on that, but that maybe, maybe that's not the right direction in which mm -hmm. we should go. No, I think it's getting worse and the media is not helping.
All right. I'm going to say goodbye today, Steve. Thanks for checking in. Thank you for, thank you for welcoming on, me on to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 